is a great intro. It really is. That is a great intro. And uh, for anyone out there that knows the title of that song, you can call in and win absolutely nothing. <laughs> the tenth <laughs> caller. The tenth caller wins the same as the first nine, which is nothing. Welcome to More Than Money. You have your host, Alyssa Young, in the studio. And yes, it's Forever Young. Yes, it's Rod Stewart. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez, studio audience, they get all excited. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Pump your brakes. Just relax a little bit. Uh, it is Saturday morning. That means you've got uh, 8.03. You've got more than money. You've got the opportunity to have your questions asked and answered. Uh, you are her host, Alyssa Young, fresh off her amazing week. We'll talk about that here in a moment. She had some real highlights this week, so that's great fun. Hmm. And... Um, her sidekick, Mr. Gene Dickinson, happy to be with you this morning. It is uh, another gorgeous Saturday morning. We went through a streak where for nearly four years, every Saturday morning was dark, gray, and raining. And now we're on a wonderful streak of, uh, it's it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Are you running today? Yes. Uh, Diane, if that is her real name, is threatening to do a long run today, whatever that means. Okay. And she's prepping for the, it's the Philly half marathon. Excellent. So that's uh, September-ish. Mm -hmm. So that's... Uh, Good. Yeah, people out and about this morning. So welcome. If you're a loyal listener to More Than Money, you know how this works. We give you three different ways to join us. Uh, the most traditional, of course, is you can give us a call, 610-720-7900, 610 610-720-7900. Then you get to talk to Mr. Sunshine, Mr. John Elliott. Then you'll talk to your host, Alyssa Young, and she'll square you away, fella. <laughs> and that's just like a little extra drama there. <laughs> and if you wish to send us an email, perhaps your question's a little more detailed or you'd like to keep uh, some pieces of it uh, available, but not all of it, then send us an email, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, -S -S -A, at askmtm.com. You can try my email as well, gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. And finally, if you would like to share our show uh, with someone that you care about, anywhere that has access to the Internet, that's easy, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. And... Uh, Hit the listen live button. It's bright red. It's kind of hard to miss. Mm -hmm. You've got the uh, live show brought to you by iHeartMedia. And uh, if you have a question, you hit the Ask Gene button. We'll we'll, ref we'll fix that. I'm, I understand it should be Ask Alyssa button. <laughs> I get that. Um, MTM Thompson. Got it. That's another note of some controversial stuff we have to talk about this morning. Uh-oh. Gene's so, going to stir the pot today. Oh, yeah, I think... Yeah, that's a rare thing for Gene to be doing, but that's something that he does. So 610-720-7900, Alyssa at AskMTM.com, Gene at AskMTM.com, and MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. All of those work very, uh, very well. Let's give you a demo. Let's, uh, let's go right to it, and we go 610-720-7900. We go to the phones and talk to John. John, good morning. Good morning. How may we serve you, sir? Well, I, I have a question. I, I think, uh, as everyone knows, we've had quite a downturn the first half of this year. 
And um, I have several accounts with a with an advisor, and uh, I'm just wondering what what would be a you know what would be the expectation for the downturn this year. I can tell you that <clears throat> last year my accounts in total, uh, brokerage annuities IRAs, was up sixteen um, percent. And this year they're down just about the uh, same, 16, mm-hmm. year to date. Mm-hmm. So I, I I was feeling real good at the end of last year, not feeling quite so good. <laughs> You're not uh, alone, John. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, join the group. Uh, John, is, is your investment philosophy, is, is your investment goal predominantly for your money to grow? Predominantly, I'm retired. I, I take some out uh, to supplement uh, your Social Security and all. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, there are you. there are some, um, uh, particularly in our office. Uh, Mr. Mark Belsack is uh, a very very big proponent of. There are times when your if your rate of return is too high, it's a mistake. So we'll. We'll just explore that for a moment, just just for fun. If we looked at last year's return for you, sixteen percent—that's fabulous. Uh, it was that—that uh, that was the result of what is, in all probability, a growth-oriented portfolio. Your overall investments were set up to grow rather than either produce income or uh, or be conservative. So if you're, uh, if you had said to me, "Yep, uh, I don't need the income. I'm not really worried about the ups and downs. Growth is, uh, is really my thing," uh, then I would say where you are and the experience you've had over the last year and a half is about right. You were up dramatically. You've been down because your investments were rather uh, aggressive. Now th- that's not exactly what you said, and obviously we need some precision in terms of. Of, of getting it exactly right for you or for anyone that for whom we're investing. Uh, but if your goal is more moderate, more growth and income than last year, your, your in, uh, total return should have been more in the nine to 11% range. And your downturn this year would have been something in the five to 7% range. And you would still be ahead for the last 18, 19 months. Um, so it's, it is yeah. very, very important that um, whether it's your current advisor or a second opinion advisor, that you take a very careful look at your investments to see if they're really appropriate, if they're really structured in a way that best fits you. Okay. Does that make sense? I see. Yeah, yeah it does. It okay. does. Well, then because, let, yeah. I'll shift gears a little bit and I'll talk about the question you actually asked rather than the one I answered, which is the second half of the year. We see pinpoints of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we are cautiously optimistic. Uh, we have just come off in terms of the stock markets. Uh, is nodding. Did you want to share that? Because you are so happy. Well, oh, the last couple of weeks. Well, how about the last month? The last month was uh, the best month since November of, of last year. Of last year. And for the Dow, the best month since October of last year. Um, all three of the major market indices were up over 10% in the month of July. And a lot of folks didn't notice. A lot of folks just felt like 
hey, I know it's bad. I'm not even going to look. And and that's okay. That That's not a terrible approach, particularly if you're investing long term. But that is a light uh, a pinpoint of light at the end of the tunnel indicator. Uh, gas prices mm-hmm. have come down dramatically. I filled my tank yesterday and about three, four weeks ago, I paid five thirty-five a gallon. And yesterday I paid four sixty-five a gallon. Four sixty-five is obscene. It's immoral. It's political. It isn't Putin. It is a horrible, horrible thing because 18 months ago I was paying $2 a gallon and I would have walked away with 40 bucks in my pocket, most of which I would have spent at Nazo Nut. So it, it is, but, but, but gas prices are coming down rather than continuing that acceleration to the higher uh, levels. Uh, jobs reports are still coming in very, very strong, even independent of the fact that they don't report um, business creations and business creations over the last 18 months have been guesstimated at around 6 million new businesses created over and above the new jobs. And the fact that we've got about, oh, depending on who you're talking to between nine and a half and 10 million jobs still to be filled, just waiting for folks to show up. These are lights, uh, pinpoints of light. Um, is the, the uh, light at the end of the tunnel full bore? Not yet. Not yet. And, and we're not expecting that this will have an inflection point until later in the fall, perhaps even after the election. The election could have a very significant, likely will have a very significant impact on the long-term direction of the market. Either it will lift the spirits of people and it will lift their optimism about the future, which is what drives markets initially, uh, or not. And we're expecting right now that it will. And and so um, end of year, we have some uh, folks that we trust that are still predicting predicting uh, that the S&P will get its way back to zero by the end of the year. Pretty amazing result if that were to be true. So again, mm-hmm. uh, no one has a crystal ball. Uh, anybody who claims that they can predict where the markets will be or exactly what's going to happen is either a criminal or a sociopath or both or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, depending on who you talk to, we're neither of those things. And um, we're, we're just we're, we're getting the probabilities. We're playing the probabilities. And it looks like we're leaning in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I hope that helped a little. It, it did. One other side question. Sure. I'm able to look back my investments over quite a number of years, and uh, it it would appear that over the last 18 years, I've had an average of about seven percent. Mm-hmm. How does does that does that feel pretty good? Seven uh, percent a year on on average. Oh, That's I- going through the 2008 2009 period as well. Oh sure. Uh, I, I think, again, it, it, it depends. Uh, it depends on, on what your goals have been over that time period. Uh, in my personal practice in that same time period, I have uh, investment returns that range from uh, the mid-threes to the mid-fifteens. And wow. it is simply a function of what was their objective and how aggressive were we. Uh, for most of our most um, uh, what junior, younger clients, uh, kids and grandkids, particularly of 
of uh, existing clients. Um, 12, 14, 15% averages over the last uh, 15 and 20 years are, are fairly common. For most of our most conservative investors, uh, much lower, three and a half, four, four and a half, very, very common. 7%, I think, is a very solid rate of return. I think it indicates that through kind of thick and thin, uh, you can persevere and do do quite well. Okay. John, thank you so much for the good. phone call. We appreciate yeah, it very much. You. God bless. Um, it is tough. Plus 16 feels so good. Mm-hmm. Minus 16 feels so bad. Mm-hmm. Particularly when minus 16 is on a much larger number. Right. So, folks, if you heard that and said, well, at least he broke even. No, he didn't. No, he, or as we say, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't break even. If he had a million bucks and it went up 16%, it was 101160000 bucks. If that goes down 16%, it's going to go down to like 180000 190000 bucks. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. So um, now, um, h- having said that, um, John's going to get a second opinion, mm-hmm. get everything reviewed, see if, if everything's appropriate. Uh, his return over the last 20 years, I'm just... I think that's what he said, 20 uh, years or about, so. About maybe 15. Um, is that particularly useful in terms of guiding us for what his return should be for the next 20 years? What they should be, meaning what he should expect or what would what, be appropriate? What would be appropriate? Uh, um, it depends on how much his circumstances have changed. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, very wise man uh, has, has been quoted as saying, I don't remember who it was. Very wise man. Um, what got us here is not what's going to get us there. So all the kinds of things that you might do uh, to get from point to, to wherever has gotten you here may be absolutely the wrong thing mm-hmm. for getting you going forward. I'm, I'm picking a number out of thin air. John is a young man. I'm going to say he's 60 years old. 40 years ago, he started investing. He's been averaging 7%. He's been up. He's been down. That's fantastic. The next 20 years is going to take him through his 60s and 70s. Should he be in the same investments? The answer is likely no. Right. Likely no. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones and we talk to... Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How can we help you this um, morning? I'm in a, a little bit of a pickle. Okay. <laughs> My husband recently passed away and I missed the R in all the commotion. I missed the RMD for last year. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. And certainly that's understandable. We know you have a lot um, on your mind and your heart during those times. So, um, yep, this happens. Okay. So you missed the RMD from your own IRS? Yes. From 2021. Okay. Um, they said after the fact, I found out it, the deadline was April 1st. Uh, actually, RMDs need to be taken by December 31st, unless, did you just turn 72 last year? Yes. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So, you want to know what you need to do? Yes. I'm not getting any help. It's oh. TIAA. Oh. And they they don't get they won't give me any advice. They just say it is no longer an RMD. It will be, quote, a distribution. Oh, goodness. Um, well, Joe, uh, two things. Number one, this is not a tragedy. 
This is not anything for you to be terribly concerned about. If you were getting the proper amount of help, shame on Tia Kreff. If you were getting the proper amount of help, they would suggest to you that you uh, um, use the uh, counsel of a certified tax professional, uh, a CPA, an enrolled agent, to file a simple form with the IRS and a simple letter of explanation. The IRS, in terms of missed RMDs, particularly the first missed RMDs, they are remarkably accommodating. They are remarkably responsive to a reasonable explanation as to why this was missed. The first thing, uh, if, if you haven't already, you should take that RMD as soon as you can. Okay. Uh, that now, will, I'm sorry, go ahead. It won't be labeled an RMD. It'll be labeled an ordinary distribution. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, we, we don't particularly care what he said because at this point we're not very happy with him anyway. And and I'm not clear that you're being best served by staying with Tia Kraft, but that's another discussion for a different time. So let's assume just for the moment that they're going to call it whatever they call it. You're going to take what was calculated as your RMD as a withdrawal. It'll be coded as your withdrawal. And that's going to indicate to the IRS that as soon as you found out that this was a mistake, you acted quickly. Uh, I know that you've talked to Tia Kraft. If, if you make a couple of notes, um, it doesn't have to be extensive, but just a couple of notes that you can reference of, hey, I called my custodian in June or July they weren't very helpful. I had to get additional help, which is why this was delayed. Uh, I think you're going to find a couple things are going to happen. Number one, I, I don't think the IRS is going to find any problem with giving you a waiver of, uh, of the penalty on the, uh, the misdistribution. Uh, the second thing that's going to happen is you're going to get better advice this year because you'll need to take a second uh, distribution, RMD distribution by the end of the year in order to get back on track. Uh, and, and number three, uh, you'll, you'll be um, able to sleep far better at night knowing that this has been taken care of. If you have a tax professional that you trust, that's fantastic. If you don't, um, if you'll reach out to Alyssa either by phone or by email, she'll be happy to guide you with the folks at, in, uh, in our More Than Money World headquarters that can help. Okay, it's it's not a huge amount of money. It's just a it's just a small pension. The distribution was only like forty three hundred dollars. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that that's smooth, easy, and the IRS leaves you alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Joe. God bless. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, bless her. Uh, you make an excellent point. Losing a spouse. Your world's turned upside down. Yeah, completely. And normal things, normal decisions, normal actions, normal, hey, you know what? I got to get taken care of. They get really hard. Mm -hmm. It's not normal anymore. Or missed. Yeah. Um, Because as much as we would love to think, hey, we had a great life together and life moves on and I'll meet Keith Urban and life will be great. The reality is that's not how that works. No. Not normally. No. No, the people I worry about are the ones who come in and say, I lost my spouse, and it's no big deal. What? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The people I don't worry about who, and I was um, 
you, you've had this experience recently in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, a gentleman I've known 35 years longer past a couple weeks back, his widow and his son and daughter-in-law were in the office this week. Um, she's in a lot of pain. As she said, she lost her best friend. Yeah. And my response in all those circumstances is, thank God you're in pain. And people find that a little shocking until I explain, of course you're in pain. The only way you would not be in pain is if you had been living with somebody that you didn't much care about. Right. And the price of love that's is ex- yeah. what is pain yeah that's cave. exactly what it is and if yeah. you're not feeling that then hmm that was that was a shame because that that meant you had many many years of not feeling love either mm-hmm. so if you're feeling a lot of pain at a loss be thankful have some degree of oh it's dreadful but i'm grateful i'm thankful for all those years you know like joe has experienced you have that pain and then on top of it trying to do the normal things. And then on top of that, all of the stuff that you need to navigate when you lose a loved one that maybe you've never had to do before and you don't know how and you don't know where to go with things. And like you said, I've been experiencing this firsthand and it's shocking to me um, how confusing things can be for people, how difficult processes should be are are not how they not that they should be how difficult those processes are uh, yeah. um and so uh, one of the things i i actually am working on putting together like a workshop for people to um, help you prepare a little bit mm. be proactive mm. to maybe make that process a little smoother for your loved ones when mm. you go um because uh it's not something that we're taught how to do we don't know how to settle an estate or, you know, claim life insurance, uh, social security, benefits, all that. Stuff. What do I do with the annuity? They, what, I, it's I th- confusing. I think he took RMDs. I'm not sure he took RMDs from his IRA. Is his IRA my IRA? Right. The, 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 the list of questions is overwhelming uh, unless, unless you have someone to guide you, someone who has been down that path before, um, I'm very blessed. You are very blessed. We've not, never lost a spouse. Right. So we're not claiming we've been down the road of having lost a spouse. But what we do uh, assure you is that we have assisted so many people, more than I can count, hmm. who have lost spouses and assisted them in, in meeting the challenges. Uh, financial, of course. Mechanical and logistical and paperwork and bureaucratic, of course. But also the personal side mm-hmm. and the spiritual side and the human side and uh, the, the term spiritual, my world, really important, really important. I want to share, um, this was sent to me many, many years ago. It was actually sent during the 08 downturn um, by a good friend. And it, uh, it's particularly appropriate both today in the world that we're in and after the call we just had Story of a visiting pastor attended a men's breakfast in the middle of a rural farming community in the heart of this country. The group asked an older farmer who was bib overalls to say the grace for the morning breakfast. The farmer began, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The visiting pastor opened one eye, glanced at the farmer, and wondered, where is this going? 
Farmer loudly proclaimed, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was getting concerned. Without missing a beat, the farmer continued, Lord, you know, I don't much care for raw white flour. (laughs) Pastor again opened an eye and saw he wasn't the only one feeling uncomfortable. Then the farmer added, but Lord, when you mix them all together and bake them, I sure do love warm, fresh biscuits. (laughs) So Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we don't understand what you're saying to us, help us to just relax and wait until you're done mixing. It will probably be even better than biscuits. Amen. (laughs) A lot of wisdom in that. A lot of wisdom in that. Sometimes pastors don't know all that stuff. No. Sometimes old farmers, coverall wearing (laughs) farmers know what they're doing there. That Uh, makes a lot of sense uh, to me. We're coming up on our first break. When we return, we need to... Uh, congratulate Alyssa Young on about one of the better weeks she's had, I think. <laughs> so we'll talk a lot about that. We'll give you some updates on the market. We've got some controversy. We've got some f- folks, things going on in the valley right here in River City. We got, tr- oh, sorry. I don't know how that goes, but we're, we're going to let you know. Yeah, this is just a foreshadowing of things to go. Oh, look at you grinning from ear to ear. If, if if are you going to sing along or just dance? Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm.com. We'll take your emails, your calls after this on more than money. back what is that come on is that keith urban that is keith urban. all right let's get right to it we have to congratulate Alyssa on a bunch of stuff gosh your fitbit said your heart rate was like gonna explode <laughs> last night what exactly were you doing and why was my wife and daughter there we were at a keith urban concert <gasps> Oh, and your Fitbit said your heart was exploding. My, no, my Fitbit thought I was on an outdoor bike ride. <laughs> Which I got is your no- heart exploding. I got a notification from my Fitbit. It said, you know, congratulations, six of six days exercise, blah, blah, blah. And I look at it. I'm like, what? Outdoor biking. I'm like, no, no, I'm at a concert. <laughs> I'm at a Keith Urban concert. And my heart's coming out of my chest. Oh, I, just, oh. I love Keith Urban. Apparently. So much. Really? That was my seventh time oh my seeing gosh. Keith Urban in concert. By the way, Juliana, uh, that's your college your 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 college fund that oh, your mom shit. is spending on Keith Urban tickets. <laughs> so, sweetheart, you'll just have to check with, with Gene. And we'll make sure you oh get to college someplace, you know, community college, something. Welding, welding school. Whatever we can afford. Cause... I don't buy front row seats. I would like to. But I don't. <laughs> I, I buy reasonably priced tickets. I'll tell you what. So Keith Urban played for two solid hours. Mm. Amazing show. As always, really, he is genuinely a, an excellent entertainer. He puts on a really great show. And an incredible human being. He 
he actually really he really is. And <laughs> at the end of the, um, we went to PNC Bank Art Center in Holmdel, New Jersey. Great venue. It's very cool. Where the heck is that? Um, off the Parkway, hour and a half from the Lehigh Valley. Okay. Oh, uh, you can actually sort of see it from the Parkway. Oh, I was um, gonna say you can sort of see it from the Lehigh Valley. No. That, that would be impressive. <laughs> it's an it's an outdoor venue, but the seats have a roof over them, and then there are lawn seating areas around the um you know covered structure but anyway um he plays for two hours and joked that he could have played for three days he has so many songs um Mm. i would have liked that (laughs) but anyway at the end as the stadium's like clearing out he's on the stage signing autographs just you know he's still up up there grabbing stuff people are handing to him from the front rows sign my shirt sign my sign sign whatever and he the rest of the band had cleared the stage and he was out there signing the whole time. Well, while everybody was emptying out of their seats. He's awesome. Was Nicole there? No. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please, what's the point? What's the point? Uh, but so congratulations, uh, number thanks. seven. That's, that was awesome. Yeah, that's, what do you figure? You you get, before it's all over, 15, 20 more before you <laughs> graduate? I, to, I hope so. Oh, well, there you go. And he's a very prolific artist. He writes and and he has a lot of songs out too. Yeah, so yeah. he he keeps on producing new music, so he keeps going on tour. Every time I've seen him, it's a different tour promoting a different album, and he still does all you know the greatest has, hits. Has Nicole been at any of them? No. Yeah, uh, who, why do you keep asking about her? Yeah, why would a guy ask about Nicole <laughs> who Kidman? Who cares about yeah. Nicole Kidman? Well, but last night Keith came within ten feet of me on his way up to the stage in the back of the. Uh, of the venue, he every show he does that. He gets off the stage and he goes through the crowd. Is that it's within ten feet? So that's when your Fitbit said your heart no. is about at maximum. No. Please stop bicycling. It's <laughs> just no. a thought. It's just a thought. I could be wrong. Um, so congratulations! Thanks. I was and you was took fun. my wife and daughter along and my mom. Fantastic! And my, so, it was my mom's fifth Keith Urban concert. So uh, good time was had by all. Yeah. And uh, you guys all rode together. So yeah, you're, I made uh, dinner for us to eat in the car. Wow. Yep. Was it uh, that stuff we, no, samples we got yesterday? No. no. Okay. I made us um, gyro-style turkey pitas, pierogies, and veggie trays. <laughs> wow. How did you stay neat and clean in the car with the what could be challenging finger food? I wrapped it nicely. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Oh, it's not your first Keith Urban. No. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, congratulations. Thanks. Secondly, congratulate on being the fastest time in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of runners in, last I heard, six countries for the Laughing at My Nightmare 5K. Thanks. Congratulations. And that's got to be hard to be fastest when you're really not running against anybody. Yeah, I do think a race environment I mean, that's why the, it wasn't my fastest 5K. Mm. Um, when you're alone running it's yeah. and you're tired, it's mm. easier to be like, you know, slow mm. down. But if it were an actual race where there were people around, it pushes you to, you know, work harder until you the finish line. And So next year we'll get you some competition. Yeah, I need some competition. I and since none of us can compete for the 5K, we'll do five people that can make, can run really fast for 1K. Okay. <laughs> and just do it in relays. Just run your legs on. And lastly, but very, very importantly, congratulations on your second RICP exam. Thanks. 
You're learning a ton. I am. Yeah. Uh, okay, help me. Retirement Thank income you. certified, certified professional. professional. It sounds backwards to me. It's just... But yes, that's, that's what it's called. It's through the American College of Financial Services. Um, well known, very well regarded uh, through a partnership with our good friends at Ash Brokerage. Yes, I'm very so, grateful. Thanks to uh, Kagan Morris and yes. uh, Tim Ash and everybody at Ash who helps so many of our clients. Oh my gosh. And the, talk about investing in the future of both Ash, MTM Financial, and our clients. Um, they're investing in your knowledge base so that you can help more clients be more financially secure in their retirement. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very nice indeed. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones and we talk to Clayton. Is that Did I get that correct? Yes, you did. How are you guys today? We're doing really well, Clayton. How can we serve you? Um, so I've been... Uh, extremely uh, aggressive with my uh, financials within the past, you know, few years. Um, and Alyssa may may remember all the emails that I've been sending. Um, you know, I had I had my daughter a little bit ago, who's one now. Um, so my now is uh, life insurance. Okay. Uh, Alyssa may know more than you, Gene, um, if that is your real name, um, <laughs> um, nice. about, you know, uh, you see it all, all over social media, you know, Facebook and TikTok and all that stuff, um, about these apparent experts in their field, um, of generational wealth and, and whatever they like to call it. Um, and what I've seen was, Whole life insurance policies um, can be withdrawn from tax-free, mm-hmm. and that money used in any way you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you take a normal loan out through a bank, you know, you need uh, a reason for that loan, whether it be a house, car, business, etc. Um, and that loan that you take out through that whole life insurance policy can be paid in over time in any which amount you like or choose at whatever time it may be. It sounds pretty good to be true. You know, it's, you know, sounds like, hey, free money. Why not? Uh, well, let me, let me stop you right uh, Clayton. Clayton, let me stop you right there because too good to be true would be apples to apples. And term insurance and whole life insurance are not even in the same realm of apples to apples. Uh, using very simple numbers that are, I know for a fact are incorrect, but will give you a sense of my point. A term life insurance policy for a young person might a million dollar coverage might cost a thousand bucks a year, not very much money. A million dollars of whole life insurance might cost 12,000 a year, $20,000 a year. And depending on your intent of being able to borrow against it yourself. And there are many companies out there that are pushing this product uh, as a, 
bank on yourself kind of a product for all those reasons you just uh, noted that you just noted. Um, they are offering products that are relative to term insurance uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 times more expensive. So while the attraction of having a savings buildup uh, is certainly uh, a reasonable one to consider, the ability to borrow is a reasonable thing to consider. The cost involved is an extremely important uh, piece of the puzzle. And quality life insurance agents, people who have been doing it for a long time and understand life insurance really, really well, will tell you that whole life insurance is a very specific type of um, decision to make. And it's rare that it's appropriate for most people. Life insurance was never intended to be an investment except if you are the companies that are pushing these kinds of policies to people inappropriately because a $20,000 life insurance premium uh, on a whole life contract will pay a commission as much as $30,000. So life insurance companies are paying salespeople more than your original commission or more than your original premium in commission in order for them to successfully draw you into this process. If it were as good as you would expect the, uh, with that sales pitch to be, uh, then the commissions would be roughly equivalent to uh, what quality investments are, which would be 1%, not 130%. Okay. So uh, keep in mind, life insurance is critically important, particularly if you have a young family and a significant amounts of life insurance. When, when I started 1,000 years ago, if you had $100,000 of life insurance, you were out of control. That's a ton of money. Now, 100000 bucks for the average family won't get them to the end of the year. Yeah. If you're planning on protecting your family against the loss of their home, against, uh, hey, the kids need to go to college. Hey, my wife needs to take care of the family. How is she going to be able to, uh, to do that and go back to work immediately? We're talking half a million is typically a bare minimum. A million dollars is not unusual at all. And several million is most often most appropriate. And if you're talking term insurance for somebody healthy, you're talking very inexpensive premiums. If you're talking whole life, you're talking very expensive premiums. Um, Clayton, I would want to invite you to, to call or email me um, if you'd like to make an appointment to talk with our life insurance specialist. He'll answer all of your questions and help explain the differences between the policies and kind of what you could expect for premiums and how they work. Um, that way you could, you know, make okay. sure you've got the best coverage that fits you and your family. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely like to finally take advantage of that. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a while, but just time is short and life moves too fast. <laughs> you got that right. I understand. God bless you, sir. Yeah, send me an email and I can help you out with that. Okay, I will. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Thank You're you. Welcome. God bless, Clayton. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We welcome Jean. Good morning, Jean. How can we serve you today? Hi. Uh, we have about 60000 in a money market right now, and we have three different funds that we're considering maybe putting it in. And I was wondering which one would be the better out of the three or some a little bit in each, possibly. Uh, the funds are Vanguard Intermediate Treasury, Vanguard Total International, 
or Vanguard small cap value index. Goodness. Why are why are those the three choices? I'm curious. Pardon? Why are those the three choices? I'm sorry. My hearing isn't very good. Uh, Jean, um, Alyssa asks uh, the same question I was wondering. Those are three very interesting and very different choices. How did you get to this short list of funds? Uh, we already have those funds established. Oh, okay. And, Very uh, so we just wanted to add a little more to them eventually. Okay. So what is your goal? What What is your hope for this money? Do you want it to be safe? Do you want it to grow or some combination? Uh, probably grow. Okay. Yeah, then uh, I would uh, certainly ask you to consider not investing in the intermediate bond. Uh, that doesn't fit your objective of growing. Uh, the small cap, I think, makes some real sense. Uh, certainly from a timing standpoint, you're going to need to be patient. I think uh, the small caps are going to rebound wonderfully. I just don't know exactly when. So it could be six months. It could be a year and a half. But if you're patient with the small cap, I think you're going to have some really nice upside. Um, Vanguard uh, International is not a fund that I'm terribly uh, uh, what familiar with. Um, but in general, international funds have done very poorly of late, which is a good thing for you. Because poorly of late means that a lot of the stocks in those funds are going to be lower in price. And that means mm -hmm. you're going to end up getting in at a much lower point. Um, so I would avoid the, the uh, Treasury. I would uh, consider the international is since you already have some. And, uh, and the small cap, I would probably just split the money in, into each half into each. Okay, and with the international, would you put that in right away or wait for that also? Yeah, timing, trying to figure out. Now, now and, and with the small cap, I'm not suggesting that you wait. I would suggest that you invest Monday or Tuesday, whenever you have the opportunity, because we don't know when that turn is going to come. No one, no one predicted in June that July was going to be a really good month in the stock market. If anything, back in June, except for me, everyone was saying, oh, it's dreadful and it's going to be dreadful for a long time. And then the stock market went up over 10% in one month. So, no, I, my, my uh, uh, what advice that you stay patient means that put the money in, could go up right away, probably won't you probably won't see significant solid returns for some period of time. But, no, don't wait. I think you go into both uh, as soon as you're comfortable. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much, Gene. Take care. 610-720. Thank you for doing that. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Bill. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Gene and Alyssa. Love your show. Uh, I am an IT consultant, and I work uh, 1099. Okay. Okay. So I have to pay quarterly estimated, um, federal, state, and local. And uh, so back in April, right, when the first uh, – it was actually, I guess, Q4 
no, no, I'm sorry, it'd be Q1 of 22 comes due April 15th along with uh, everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a check, uh, included the, the 1040ES, sent it off to the IRS, um, everything's happy. So I wrote that check against a brokerage account, and I have a bunch of stock in that brokerage account, and it's pretty heavily leveraged. I have some on margin. So lo and behold, later in the year, May, June, uh, the stock market tanks, right? So unbeknownst to me, apparently IRS had held on to that, had sat on that check for quite some time, um, weeks, maybe months. And when it, when it was presented for payment, guess what? Zero balance. Um, it bounced. Mm. Now, the interesting thing is when I look at my brokerage account um, statement online, there's no entry that that check was ever presented for payment. Uh, and I get a I get a letter from the IRS in, I guess it was late June, that says, um, you know, here's how much you owe us. Here's the penalty. Uh, by the way, we're going to charge you 4% interest. And by the way, you need to pay us with certified funds, cashiers, check, or money order. All right. So now, since then, obviously the market has come back. The um, the stock has come back. So now I have the money. Uh, but I talked to somebody who has some accounting experience, and she told me that I can probably um, lobby them to waive the penalty. Uh, that they probably won't waive the the interest. What would be your perspective on this situation? What's the best way to handle it? How much is the penalty? Uh, about two seventy. Two hundred seventy bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Pay it and move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Seriously, uh, your time, your energy, your effort, your resource is f- worth far more than $270. If you went to a professional tax preparer, they would look at it and say, pay the penalty and move on because to uh, lobby them in translation, uh, write a letter, uh, explain yourself, et cetera, et cetera. If for a professional, they're going to end up charging you. If they're kind, they're going to charge you 150 If they're um, high end, they're going to charge you 350. Uh, you're going to spend way more time, effort, energy, money, angst, uh, in, tr- in trying to get this relieved than you will benefit. So from where I stand, okay. uh, good lesson learned, pretty, pretty inexpensive, yeah. uh, tuition. Yeah. We, we don't write checks to the IRS <laughs> off of margined accounts anymore. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah. and I would just take it as lesson learned and move on. Okay, so the juice ain't worth the squeeze, in other words. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Bill, thank, thank you so much. Appreciate it. For lots of folks listening, they're going, margin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, because that's what happens. <laughs> margin is a tough, tough thing. All right, I've got three. No, I don't. Mm, okay, which one am I going to? Uh, what do we have? Three minutes? Four minutes? Three. Um, so I have three relatively controversial issues. Uh, we'll start with the simple one because we're coming to the top of the hour. Okay. 
um, more than money has been on air now 30 years plus. It's been on TV 28 years plus. We are trademarked, um, registered, and yet there are folks out there that are using more than money. Uh, one gentleman in particular out of Philadelphia is um, not only using it, but making it very difficult to find him, which makes me even more suspicious. He has multiple companies. He's on LinkedIn, and yet there's no email. There's no phone numbers, websites with no phone numbers. It makes me very, very nervous. So if you are seeing more than money someplace that you're not normally or used to seeing more than money, that may be part of the reason. If you're seeing a name attached to more than money that is not Alyssa Young, your host, <laughs> or Gene Dickinson, her, her sidekick. co sidekick. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Sidekick. I'm Robin. Okay. Um, be very aware and also do me the great favor of alerting me, letting me know. We have very good legal representation. I will eventually track this guy down and I will. I will find you. I will find you. <laughs> I, have a, I have a particular set of skills. Um, actually, that part is actually true. Anyway, um, just to tell you how very important this truly is. Uh, several years ago, a good friend of mine called me from Atlanta saying, hey, congratulations, your radio show is now in Atlanta. And I said, uh, congratulations, is accepted, but no, it's not. And he said, sure it is. It's on a radio station, and there's a guy doing it. And uh, I reached out and found out, yes, somebody had decided more than money was a good title, started using the radio, um, uh, using on the radio show. I contacted him uh, to his credit, hmm, interestingly, he immediately said, I'm very sorry. He discontinued and moved on. That man is now on the FBI most wanted list. He, abs he was a financial advisor in Atlanta. About two years ago, they found his car, his wallet, his keys, his cell phone, abandoned at an airport parking lot, and he has not been seen from since. Be, you have been warned. Uh, yes. <laughs> on many levels, you've been warned. Oh. 610-720-7900, Alyssa at AskMTM.com, MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. We'll take your emails, your calls after this on More Than Money. Absolutely. We agree. 100%. Thank you, Rod. 
Uh, welcome back to More Than Money. If you missed the first hour, that will be posted on our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. That'll go on Monday around noon. John does his uh, technological wizardry. Megan does her technological wizardry, and it shows up on our website. So if you want to listen to it podcast or directly from the website, that's easily done because we had some great calls in the first we did. hour. Some very, very interesting, and we, we appreciate all of that. Our show was designed to do exactly that, answer questions that are most important to you, give you as much good information as we possibly can. So uh, if you wish to lead off our second hour, 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900 works very, very well. Email works well indeed, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, Gene at askmtm.com as well. We're kind of surprised, to be fair, that Alyssa's actually here, considering that she got like 20 minutes sleep last night after uh, dreamily seeing Keith Urban in concert, mm-hmm. dragging along her own mother, her own mother, uh, my wife and daughter. To, to to view this this just ridiculous spectacle of of her undying adoration of Keith Urban, please. Okay, you would have loved it. I probably would have. I don't know why I wasn't invited. Mm. I went to Kenny Chesney and I rocked it. Right, next time we'll drag you along. It's not a drag. I like music. I'm, my dad, I'm, my dad wants to go next time too. So, so your dad and I will go. We'll hang. We'll my dad, I, my dad's been um, to two Keith Urban concerts with me and so my mom. He's only five behind. Yep. Uh, and we congratulate Alyssa on the fastest time for the laughing. The fastest time. In the world, at literally <laughs> at the laughing at my nightmare 5K. So that's fantastic. And she passed her second RICP exam this week. Fantastic. July, best month in the stock market since last October, November. Uh, if you uh, missed all of that, then you should be very much aware uh, that it was a very, very good month. Up double digits across the board. Dow, S&P, NASDAQ. Uh, very, very good indeed. Uh, we mentioned just before the break that there is an individual using more than money. I know that there are a number. And I've had a couple of folks uh, over the years, uh, seven or eight that I have reached out to. We had to uh, <clears throat> use our very specific set of skills to ensure that they stopped using uh, more than money. We've had some uh, really snarky uh, responses from a couple people. Uh, one gentleman in particular goes, hey, I just Googled more than money. There's a bunch of people using it. You're not going after them. Well, Bow Brain, the people he had cited, one is a group in Canada. My trademark does not extend to Canada. Mm. One is a group in England. Couldn't care less about England. Why? And one is Australia. And if I decide to move to Australia in my retirement, I'll let those folks know. And Keith will be there. And Keith will be there and Nicole. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a couple more controversial issues that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, we have uh, an interview that uh, our host, Alyssa Young, will be doing. Oh. Alyssa. <laughs> we actually have a phone call from our college correspondent, Zane. Zane's on the line. Good morning, Zane. Good morning, Alyssa and Jean. How are you? We're doing great. How, how are you? How's your summer? It's, uh, it's 
pretty good, you know, taking three classes and I'm working. Wow. So you're not taking much of a break then? Nope. Just trying to get all these classes done. Oh, good for you. What did you want to talk about this morning? Um, so my, you know, the reason I called today, I just wanted to give some clarity to your audience about investing. I, I feel like I could help a little bit. I just feel like everyone should be aware of this information and it goes for, you know, it goes for listeners pre and post retirement. Okay. Um, you know, as most of the podcasts know, investments, um, they're classified by a certain type of risk, usually depending on the age bracket you fall in. Um, some may be more likely to invest on the riskier side when they are younger. Um, you know, these include stocks, as you all know, the super scary crypto, such as Bitcoin and Dogecoin, as well as penny stocks. So there's a higher risk. You know, there's also a higher reward. On the other hand, most retirees are more likely to invest in ETFs, mutual funds and annuities. The, you know, the real answer for all the investment questions, though, is it depends, just like Gene says, mm -hmm. because it really does depend on the situation you find yourself in and, you know, the amount of wiggle room you have in your investment plan. And you got to think about your assets minus liabilities. Um, just me, for example, investing in crypto in my current situation is not very smart because I like to stick it. I like to I like to have a very conservative investment plan. So I like to stick to mutual funds and I like to stick them in the tech tech based sector because they are at the least amount of risk. And I just feel you shouldn't invest in crypto if you have an unpaid mortgage or a chunk of student loans that you owe, because um, obviously getting to those first is most important. Um, it, it, all, it all depends on you, basically, is what I wanted to say. And I know I would stay up at night knowing my stock price might plummet, so I don't mm -hmm. take the chance and I'm not willing to take the risk that comes with the potential profit. Okay. Um, obviously, others might have that extra sum of money they want to invest in a riskier stock and reap the rewards. Once again, it all depends on you, the individual. Um, just for the audience, my advice to everyone is to be aware, be aware of what you're investing in and, you know, why you're investing in it. Speaking with someone you trust, I know we always say this, but um, it could be a family member, a trusted friend, or obviously in the best scenario, a financial advisor, um, especially a fiduciary, that's a bonus, which I know more than money is. Mm -hmm. They will give you the best solution to your problems, and I feel like they'll, be they'll, they'll give you the best advice that you need. And... You know, I just wanted to say that, and I hope that everyone took the advice with something to think about, and I appreciate everyone listening. Um, Thank you, Zane. There are some, some good nuggets in there, um, certainly some, some food for thought for people. Um, one one of the things, or a couple of things that you said I want to um, kind of just highlight. So when you talk about investing in uh, stocks being riskier than mutual funds or exchange-traded funds, in some ways, um, the part of that that's especially true would be if you're not diversified because you're investing yeah. into a, a specific company's performance, right? So when you have your, your money kind of concentrated on one company's results, that makes it riskier. But there's also um, different levels of risk associated with mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. So some funds um, will have greater um, risk and reward than others. So you can still take an aggressive approach to investing using a mix of mutual funds and exchange traded funds. It doesn't necessarily need to be uh, individual stocks. So, you know, growth oriented company uh, funds that 
that that are investing in growth oriented companies um, will have a greater um, risk associated with them and therefore potentially greater return. It's interesting. Um, I, I met with a client this week who's 70 years old and he's very conservative and he wants um, a good rate of return, but he doesn't want to be in the market and he doesn't want to take risks. So he's struggling with, uh, well, is 4.1% in that fixed annuity really the best we we can do? I'd like to get more. And it's you have to understand that risk is the price you pay for greater return. So I said, if you want to make more, you have to take a little more risk. If you want something completely safe, you're kind of limited on how much growth you can expect. So um, there's a lot of factors at at play there. And, um, uh, you know, so you're right. When you're young, you can afford to take some more of that risk. But it's interesting to me that you say that you might lose sleep at night knowing that your stock prices are volatile and you could uh, see your, you know, portfolio decline in value, even at your age. So everybody is different. Zane, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm not I'm not going to let you off the hook, Zane. So I'm 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 going to make a couple observations just just for fun. Um, all right, I am going to let let you off the hook because uh, <laughs> both my observations are about two things that you said that were extremely important that are often missed. Um, the risk versus reward um, evaluation of an investment uh, of an investor, a person investing um, is often and often in the academics, in, in the textbooks, in the training programs, in the RICPs of the world, it is often uh directly connected to age. And as you have very appropriately pointed out, that is bogus. Someone who has um, student loan or debt or a mortgage should not be incredibly aggressive, even though they're very young. Someone who is 85 years old and has uh, more than enough to carry them for the rest of their lives and have, uh, they have as their intent uh, this money benefiting their children or grandchildren, that money should be invested for growth. So at 85, you can have a very aggressive portfolio, appropriately so. And at 25, you could have a very conservative portfolio, appropriately so. You highlighted that perfectly so hats off to you on that. The second is I'm going to borrow a phrase that you used. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> you said it will depend. It always depends. Of course, that's my phrase. <laughs> but the phrase that Zane used was wiggle room. If your portfolio has enough wiggle room, you can afford perhaps to be a bit more aggressive. And wiggle room is often, often um, not always, but often uh, provided by one of two things, either substantial amounts of cash. I've got a deep um, reserve. I've got uh, a year's worth of, uh, of, of uh, expenses saved. Excellent. That's fantastic. That will buy you a lot of time. You can be in the market, go through a downturn, come back up without having to um, a gun to your to, to the back of your head saying, I've got to sell my stocks uh, or income mm -hmm. for a lot of folks, particularly folks in retirement. If they have substantial income, that gives them the wiggle room that they can be a bit more aggressive. 
So Zane, I really like wiggle room. I'm going to borrow it uh, <laughs> after three or four uses. I mean, I'll give you credit the first two or three times. And after that, I'm just going to tell people I I'm, I came up with it. And I, wiggle room. I'll probably, I'll probably trademark it. And it, it'll be <laughs> part of our next big wave. So it depends indeed. But wiggle room is really, really important. And yes, risk and age are not directly connected. Uh, it's uh, it, mm-hmm. it all depends on the objectives of the uh, of the client. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for calling, Zane. Thanks for sharing that with people. I'm sure it gave them some some things to think about. Of course. Thank you for having me, as always. Oh, you're very welcome. We look forward to speaking with you again soon. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Zane. Uh, Very good. Um, I have a question, uh, email question. It's got me stumped. But before we get there... I mentioned a couple of things I was concerned about mm-hmm. uh, people using more than money, even though they're violating trademark law. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Yeah, I'll go this number two. Um, in the world of financial advice, advisors come in many different forms. There are fiduciaries. Zane mentioned that in his uh, presentation mm-hmm. and um, um, legally bound to act in the best interest of their clients. On the kind of flip side of that is salespeople, and they're legally bound to almost nothing other than trying to earn the highest income that they can, mm-hmm. uh, saying whatever apparently needs to be said. <clears throat> Licensing is a very different thing, uh, is a very different topic um, versus the quality of the investment advice. But it's still important. One of the reasons uh, we at our More Than Money World Headquarters have so many different licenses, uh, registered investment advisors in Series 7 and 66, and uh, the, the list goes on and on, and RICPs and, uh, and SOBs. I mean, we have all kinds of stuff. It's so that we can represent our clients in virtually every option that could benefit them. Now, the flip of that are folks who are uh, licensed only as insurance salespeople. Insurance, as many of you may or may not know, uh, uh, they also issue annuities. So annuity company, you say an annuity company. Annuity company is an insurance company that issues annuities. Mm -hmm. Most often they, they issue both life and annuities, but not always. And salespeople for years have been life insurance salesmen or annuity salesmen. And one of the things that has happened in recent months through new regulations is the requirement that uh, investment advice be provided only by properly licensed investment professionals. Series 7, Series 6, registered investment advisors, not salespeople. And we recently bumped into a situation where one of the folks that uh, prospective client of MTMs came in and they had a proposal given to them by uh, an individual that as far as we can determine is only licensed as a life insurance annuity salesperson. And the recommendation was that this client role money from their IRA into an annuity. Okay. That is by definition 
uh, DOL, Department of Labor, and FINRA definition investment advice. Sure. They're not legally able to do that. So um, our recommendation to the client is, prospective client, if they intend to continue to explore that option, is to ask the very specific question of this person. I'm not saying advisor because I don't believe they fit the category. Um, tell me about your licensing. And if there's not an investment license there, there's not a registered investment advisor license there, they're violating the law. One of the things that you would invest in an annuity for is long-term peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And if it's coming from someone who's already violating the law, how confident can you be? How trusting can you be of the product they're offering you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Alyssa is very uncomfortable. Um, not, not unlike my daughter, Megan, goes, uh, Jean, is it going to be a confrontation? Cause I'm not comfortable with confrontations. <laughs> God bless her. And she isn't, which is why uh, we're very fortunate. Everybody at MTM is so very nice. So very non-confrontational. Well, except for Jean. <clears throat> so, Hey, everybody has skills. I have a particular set of skills. I have I've been threatening uh, to use them. I've been threatening well, yeah, threat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share an article with you. Okay. I'll go through it as quickly as I can and I'll cut out as much as I possibly can because the uh, bottom line is really the most important part. Is it time for a hedge fund? Question mark. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> By the way, how many hedge funds have you actually gotten involved in? Zero. Zero, of course. Uh, and and it's just a stupid article. To, it, the headline's intended to be, oh, oh, hedge fund. That's kind of cool. It's not even about hedge funds. Oh. It's about mutual funds that hedge their investments. Oh. Okay. But if you're going to use the term hedge fund, it has a it has a meaning, and and it's it in order to qualify for a hedge fund to invest in a hedge fund, multi million dollar. Okay. Uh, most stock funds have suffered sharp losses this year because they only make money one way. The stocks they own have to rise. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Some mutual funds, however, employ hedging strategies such as shorting, which is betting against the stock market, buying options and futures, mm -hmm. which can deliver decent returns or at least moderate, uh, um, uh, modify the losses. Mm -hmm. So they interviewed a retirement expert, Richard Carlson. And let me go down to his bio. Uh, he's the editor of Retirement Watch. He's a managing member of Carlson Wealth Advisors. Um, I guess that's his own company. Chairman of the Board of Trustees of the Fairfax County Employees Retirement System. Okay. So, ooh. Okay. Fancy. Uh, I am allocating, uh, Richard says, I am allocating one quarter of my portfolio equity to these funds. Uh, ordinarily, I would raise my bond exposure to increase the margin of safety among my investments. But this year, bonds have not played their stabilizing roles because of fast rising interest rates. Right. So far, we got no arguments. Right. Uh, hedge funds are often considered investments only for the ultra wealthy. There are mutual funds that offer low minimum investment amounts. I don't think he goes on to talk about the actual minimum investment amounts, but let's assume you can get in for like a thousand bucks. Okay. Just assume. Mm -hmm. 
And one of these that he cites, I will not use the ticker symbol. It's not important. Um, Talks about a a mutual fund that holds 270 stocks, uh, fundamental growth. Uh, Guy is a Ph.D., uses options and futures. Um, The fund has proven its value this year rising 17%, while the S&P 500 is down almost 20 Holy free holies. What is it? Is there, is that a food? I don't know. I'm hungry. I haven't had breakfast. I'm hungry too. Uh, okay. So hey, I did eat breakfast. 36 minutes. Oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> okay. Here, here's the thing that that's the big head scratcher for me. Uh, it's up 17% this year. The 10 year performance. Did I remember to tell you it's up 17% this year? Yeah. After being up 17% this year, the 10-year average annual rate of return minus 4.1%. I'm confused. You're confused. Why would a retirement expert highlight a company that has a long-term track record of losing money year after year? If if it's up 17 this year and the average over 10 years is minus four, that means prior to this year, let's say 40, it's, it's, it's 60 divided by nine, it was an average minus 5.7% for nine years. Uh-huh. This is a good fund. I think you should invest in that. Are you out of your... Uh, he's out of his mind. He's out of Mr. his mind. Mr. Carlson. If that is his real name. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm sorry. That's got to be restricted. That's so that was in there as like advice to advice consider to that consumers. Fund? Yes, and he's he's proud that he invested in uh, that fund. <laughs> what makes that more distressing? Indeed. Uh, what makes that more distressing is that there are much better options, as as you well know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are um, investment options that will protect against losses as as low as 25 or 30% using options and futures yep and still provide with upside um d- double digit upside yep uh there are investments available that will allow you to profit if the stock market goes up and or if it goes down and if it goes down yeah So um, the term hedge fund is what caught my eye there because the traditional hedge fund, one that multimillionaires and billionaires have used for many, many years, have used options and futures to clip off the bottom of losses Mm -hmm. and give a very assured upside, kind of like you make money whether the market goes up or down. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not what this thing does. Mm. This this thing just apparently over many many years just goes down. <laughs> the the only way anyone would be happy with this fund is if they had invested in it January first, because then they'd be up seventeen percent right. and they would look like heroes right. and they would go look how smart I am. <laughs> and the minute this the market apparently the minute the market does well this this thing tanks. So cray cray. Yeah, wow. 
And if you're in that circumstance where you're saying this is crazy stuff and this gentleman does make an important point, blind squirrels do find acorns. Um, Bond market is a very difficult place right now to make any kind of decent returns. The overall bond markets are down 14% year to date, nearly as much as the stock market. So in a normal downturn, your bonds would be the stabilizing effect, as, as Mr. Carlson says. Mr. Carlson, wasn't it WKRP in Cincinnati? Okay, excellent. A little trivia there. Um, so you um, are going, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm concerned. Um, annuity rates have come up a lot. They're, they're 4% plus. Yeah. I've seen five-year rates at 4.6. Holy cow. Hmm, wish I could do, maybe at least have the chance to do a little more, but be protected. It's out there. Or prego, it's in there. Prego spaghetti sauce. Oh, is that uh, they're like a, that's a reference in the commercial? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. No, you make your own sauce sometimes, but you're going to Sicily. If you don't make your own, you better make your own sauce now. I have before tomatoes you get to, growing, they're not red yet. That, and that's kind of a that's like one of those indicators, right? <laughs> what? <sighs> what? <laughs> uh, emails. We've got a bunch of emails, and uh, we'll take your calls, of course. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Your questions after this on More Than Money. than willing to swap out the uh, voice of an angel for that oh cool. that's a great intro it's a great piece of music and it's our it's our value system it's we got a stamp of approval from a client who was in the office this week he said what's your name and i said Alyssa. and he said Alyssa young forever young and i said <laughs> yep and he said i approve of the new music wow. yep he was happy that about it is so cool that he approves it would be even cooler if I gave a... F- okay. Hey, Gene. <laughs> Gene, who's Victor Borga? Victor Borgia? One of the funniest guys. Very, very talented. Probably from the, what, 60s and 70s, maybe. Uh, very, very, very talented guy. Okay. Why? Well, John was telling me about all of the performances he's seen at PNC Bank Art Center, and that was one of them, apparently. Oh, he's uh, incredible... He was a very skilled musician and then just did comedy off of that. Okay. It was hysterical. He said, look him up. So uh, Very different. Very, very unique. Uh, yeah, you should look him up. He's absolutely worthwhile. Speaking of uh, different, um, America's Got Talent is a show I enjoy. Um, I, I recently uh, saw one where I told Gunther his granddaughter, Evie, who is 
just growing into this gorgeous young woman. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Um, there was a, a, a young woman singer who's Evie in 10 years. Oh. <laughs> a just killer smile, absolutely gorgeous and great singer. Uh, but there was a, a, a comedian who did a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Big screen. He says, I'm an engineer. I like charts. And he's, the guy, he said, uh, he's, I think, 62. So this isn't an, an old, and, and he came out in khakis and he had the pocket protector, the whole thing. He's an engineer. And it was very, very funny. Oh. And his first one was a Venn diagram that identified dorks, nerds, and, oh, there's something, what, dorks, nerds, dweebs. Yeah, do, whatever. It's just uh, the intersection of oh. socially awkward with IQ and technical I skills. I have a similar Venn diagram. Oh. I do. I made it up myself. Is it a tattoo? I'm no. I'm considering getting it tattooed. Ooh. I don't have any tattoos, and I don't like tattoos. Sure. But if I got any, it might be. It might be that Venn diagram. Just remember, if you get a tattoo <laughs> in our office, you're gonna get needled. Anyway, <laughs> I won't be getting any tattoos. <laughs> no, please. If um, if I wanted more pain, I would just. I just. No. All right. Never mind. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm dot com. Uh, David writes hello, love your show. I'm sure that was for you. Uh, if someone has a group IRA, exactly. That's that was my response. Exactly. I was. I'm making a I, puzzled expression. A puzzled expression. I've furrowed, never heard of a group IRA. Furrowed brow. Mm. If you have a group IRA and they pass away, what should their spouse do so it doesn't all count as income? The beneficiary is the spouse. Okay. So, admittedly, we have a little bit of a puzzlement. The word group. (laughs) So, I'm going to suggest that it's going to be one of two things. This is my guess. Okay. But I've been around 780 years, so my guesses are pretty good. It's either a simple IRA Simple IRAs are provided by employers with relatively smaller companies. Mm-hmm. And and even though the word simple, you go, oh, well, it's very simple. Not necessarily simple stand. It's an anagram stands for something. Something. Anyway, um, so it could be a form of retirement plan called a simple IRA. And, and because everybody is kind of in the IRA, it would feel like a group IRA. Okay. But it's treated just like any other retirement plan, any other IRA. Right. My second theory would be that it's a 401k, company-wide 401k, uh, and he's using IRA. I have lots of clients who have rolled their 401ks into their IRAs decades ago, and they still call that account their 401k. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it may just be a miss, okay. miss, nomer, nomer miss, uh, miss, of I don't uh, know. misstatement. Using a, the incorrect term, but I uh, do that all the time. Yeah, all the time. Well, at least that's what my wife says. Anyway, um, so in either event, if either of my theories are correct, the answer is actually the same. Yep. So what would your answer and be? And this was um, refresh my memory: a spouse inheriting. Yeah. The this? question is. Uh, I, I'm in this group IRA, whatever that is. I die. How does my spouse handle that so she doesn't have to pay tax? Ah, yeah, easy, easy peasy. Ooh. So as a spouse inheriting an IRA, you actually have a couple of options. Either way, 
you don't need to pay income tax on the entirety of the account. Um, you only pay income tax on distributions from the IRA. So as you take money out or withdraw it, it's taxed as income. But you can take that account and either make it your own IRA. So that is not a taxable event. It stays in IRA tax-deferred status. And you make it your own and treat it as your own, meaning the same rules apply where after 59 and a half years old, there are no penalties for withdrawing. You have required minimum distributions starting at the age of 72. And as I said, taxed as income, the amounts you take out, not the entirety of the account. Or you can treat it as an inherited IRA. Mm -hmm. And that might be a good situation for you if you are the spouse and you are younger than 59 and a half and you actually need to use some of the money, the reason that would be a good reason, a good thing to do instead of treating it as your own IRA is because you can take money out of an inherited IRA without penalty, no matter your age. And let's say you're 58 and you have an inherited IRA and you want to take some money out and then you turn 59, you turn 60, you can switch it to become your own IRA after that point. Lots of options, but what it comes down to is no tax due to inherit it as a lump sum. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, spouses have um, special status, Mm -hmm. and it works out really, really well. Yes. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Our good friend Jim, who is a very loyal listener and a CPA and corrects me often on my tax boo-boos um and also is 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 very supportive um just sent me a link to another more than money so we're going to track that i got i got one too from a loyal listener oh fantastic yeah Yeah, we'll track them down i have a very specific set of skills (laughs) a young lady writes i'm a single 72 year old woman i have no dependents or children i'm employed part-time i pay for short and long-term disability through my employer should I continue the coverage or can I stop it? Hmm. I I don't know much about paying for disability. Yeah, I know a bit. So let's let's uh, paint the scenario, and and it could either be very very good, or it could be sad. Um, my suspicion, unfortunately, is it's going to be sad. Uh, the very very good part is uh, if you are indeed. Um, paying for short and long-term disability and you're still employed and you become disabled, you're going to collect um, a a substantial income stream that will protect you. If you in your heart of hearts say, I really want that, then yes, continue. But here's the sad part. And here's my fear. Here's my fear. Most Short and long-term disability plans, particularly if they are group uh, plans. I don't know. It doesn't indicate. Doesn't oh, say. It's, well, it says through my employer, so it could very well be, uh, I guess. Right? She says she's employed part. Oh, so through, my employer. through yeah, my employer. So it is a group plan. Most of uh, even higher probability of sadness. Most <laughs> group disability plans will not pay benefits after you reach age 65. So then why is she still paying? Uh, this is my fear. Oh, no. And that's my sadness. If indeed this is the case, 
Um, there's a lot of finger pointing that needs to be done. Uh, not the employer, interestingly enough. You would say, well, the employer, the, the employer did not gain a penny. The employer benefited not at all. The employer, I guarantee you, is dumb as a box of bricks about the benefits plans and exactly how they work. He's no more an expert than she is. Um, HR, of course, that could be the employer, too, because in, in many small companies, the HR is handled by the employer. But the benefits people should certainly have notified her if at age 65 they no longer pay benefits. So my prayer is that they do. My second prayer is that she at 72 has sufficient um, income from Social Security and her investments that she really doesn't need the disability. So she saves the money. Uh, And then my third prayer is that if sadly this should have been discontinued seven years ago, that she grabs somebody, that she uses her particular set of skills. And that she makes somebody's life really uncomfortable f- until they write her a check with interest, mm-hmm. a lot of interest. Wow. So that's my, uh, that's my assessment. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. 610-720-7900 on your email list. Uh, all right. So you have an alert about more than money. I have an alert about more than money. Oh, <clears throat> Is a Roth, an IRA to a Roth conversion, a a, a good idea? Yes or no? <laughs> uh, by the way, th- I think you talked, did you talk or answer? Oh, uh, no, you answered. Oh, That's I right. answered this question. Um, and, and we promise we answer all the questions. Yep. So I answered the question like this. It depends. <laughs> and I said, I said, I would be happy to meet with you in person on the phone, on Zoom, whatever you want, so we can talk about your specific situation and then determine whether a Roth IRA conversion is a good idea for you. And the answer I got? Crickets. No, the response was, that was not the answer I was looking for. Thanks, anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is what I mean. We, we promise we answer every single question, <laughs> e- even the ones where you want to go. That was a waste. Yeah. So uh, um, basically I was saying that there is no yes or no. Oh, there isn't. Uh, there isn't. And if you want to just Google the generic pros and cons or, or you know. They're, they're you, not even asking no, pros and cons. They just went yes or no. Yeah, I can't answer yes or no. If I did, I would be doing a disservice oh. and maybe I would lose my license. Malpractice. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I answered the only way I could, which was we have to talk about whether or not it makes sense for you. Because there's a lot of things you need to know. We should have referred her to an annuity salesman. Yeah, we should have. And so this person, him, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, was not satisfied with that and said, wasn't the answer I was looking for because I didn't say yes or no. And I, needless to say, I didn't respond to that uh, last email uh, I got. I'm like, so, uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Oofa. Oofa. Yeah. Uh, kind of akin to the phone call we got a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Gentleman calls. I'd like to talk to Alyssa. Okay, hang on. Let me see if she's in a meeting. This is uh, Connie handled the call. And everybody that's been in our office, if you met Connie, you know, she's she's straight up. She just, mm-hmm. um, honest as the day is long. And 
given the opportunity when necessary, we'll tell you exactly where to put it. Just, <laughs> just very straight. Uh, and guy said, hang on. And she said, hang on. But, uh, and he said, I don't, she doesn't know me. Doesn't know me. But I want but to I talk, want to, talk her. to her. And uh, I said, hang on. And she went back and, and uh, it was uh, 820. You, you were, you, I, I think literally you were walking out of your car yeah. as this conversation is going on. And maybe pulling into the parking lot and, while and, uh, yeah. she responded, uh, got back on and said, I'm, I'm, she's, she's not in just yet. Do you want her voicemail or do you want me to take your name and number? No, you're lying to me. <laughs> and, and even Connie, because uh, she has a particular set of skills as well. Uh, even she was like, "On what?" Yes. Yeah, I was. I was going to use you guys, and now I'm not because I think you're lying to me. Oh my gosh! So and now we have a joke. We keep calling Connie a liar. No, stop liar, li- liar, stop liar. lying <laughs> to the people who call. Yes, it's. Uh, it's kind of sad, you know, that that at you know at this at this stage of her career, she's turned into a liar. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and and what's fun? We can laugh about this. Um, we we are literally beyond blessed. We are beyond blessed. Our clients are some of the most magnificent people you will ever meet. Now you'll notice the two people we just talked about. Are not clients. <laughs> it just, uh, it's people, and people are coming all shapes, sizes, flavors, and and uh, personalities. And uh, again, um, I have been blessed to be a financial advisor now forty three years, seven hundred and eighty in, in radio years. <laughs> Whatever. It's a conversion. Um, it's a complex it is. conversion. Oh, it's an algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know about algorithms. It's, it, if you take Al calculus rhythm. too, that's And by the learn. way, Al Gore had no rhythm. I, <laughs> I saw the guy dance. It was just ridiculous. It was embarrassing. Never heard that one before. Well, he's got a whole carbon footprint thing. But anyway, <laughs> Even our clients are just wonderful. Uh, we, we talk often on air about the fact that we interview prospective clients, we expect them to interview us as well. They are determining whether we're a good fit. We are doing the same thing. So we take about half of the people that we talk to. Uh, those two, <clears throat> they're in the other half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just no thanks. Trust, thanks, but no thanks. Trust for fun, as they say in Kutztown. Hey, we do a trust for fun. <laughs> just having a good time once. Okay, um, dear Alyssa. Love your show. <laughs> I guarantee that's not what that is. I <clears throat> uh, wonder if you might be able to help. I'm 71 years old, still working on my own home. I have nine years left on a 30-year mortgage. I have about $160,000 in savings, sitting in a bank, not doing much. I'd like to retire one day, but I'm not sure how to go about it. I'm a little bit spooked about the stock market at my age and wonder if there's an alternative way to create a revenue stream out of my savings. I think that is the pertinent information you might need. So any other questions, I'm always available. Uh, what do you think? And thank you ahead of time for your consideration. So what do you think? I think there are options um, for creating a revenue stream. And there are options that don't involve taking a lot of risk in sure. the stock market. Um, you know, we've talked about some um, tools that we're using that offer that safety net, that downside protection, but still allow some growth, some income, um, whether it's a form of a structured note, a buffered ETF, an annuity, 
um, we would sit down with this man and take a look at exactly where, what, how much does he need to come in every month. That's really where we would need to start. What is the magic number of how much you need to be able to spend and so that we can figure out if we can accomplish that goal without income from a, from a job? So if he wants to stop working, well, where can that income come from? What's your social security? Um, you know, what what tools do you feel comfortable using um, with the savings? Do you have any other assets? What is that mortgage payment? Lots of things that can go um, together, even with the mortgage. Does a reverse mortgage make sense to get rid of that mortgage payment? We, we can put all those pieces together and come up with um, a plan. Uh, you, you have said it very, very well. Uh, and for folks listening or saying that, but wait a second, she didn't really answer the question. The answer is... <laughs> Not uh, the answer that, I was looking for. <clears throat> Thanks anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You're lying. Um, this question is not answerable, not professionally, not accurately, not appropriately, not in any kind of a fiduciary sense. It's unanswerable. It, it, is, it isn't unanswerable in the sense that he's being difficult like Bobo Brain. No, he's not being difficult. He's, a, he's asking the question in his own context, in, in, in his world of how he thinks. Mm-hmm. Perfectly appropriate question. The exploration of all of those options is incredibly important. Uh, let me go back to the the kind of all the controversy in today's show and the the, the confrontation. If you're going to violate my trademarks, I'm coming after you. If you're going to be uh, trying to pretend that you're a financial advisor when you're an annuity salesman, I'm going to come after you. Uh, if if you're going to take advantage of clients in any way, shape, or form, I'm coming after you. What, what are you going to do? Take a run at me, please? I got 780. I'm a cockroach. Been, Around, please. Um, so if sadly, if this young man ended up in the presence of a annuity salesman, well, that 160,000 is going into an annuity. There's, there's just no question because that's, if, if the only tool you own is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pound away. And he would never know. He could have had an annuity he could have had an annuity of, gosh, half a dozen different flavors. Mm-hmm. We can explore all those. He could have had a structured note. We recently placed some investments for clients, uh, two-year two year structured note. Structured notes are very interesting products. You need to understand. There's a lot of, just like annuities, you need to do your homework. You need to have an, a guide, an investment advisor that can assist you in understanding if and when they are appropriate to you. But a two-year guarantee at six percent. Yep. Two years at six percent. Monthly coupon payments. Um, Income-producing yep. kind of a of a thing. Reverse mortgage. An annuity salesman's not going to take the time to bring in a trusted partner like Tiffany Shutta, who will come in, sit with this gentleman, and explore his options on a reverse mortgage. So, uh, buffered annuities, high dividend stocks. Depending on what his income need, that might be a fabulous opportunity for him. One of the Vanguard funds that we use quite often is the Dividend Appreciation Fund. Currently, because the prices have been pushed down, dividend rates are over 3.5%. 3.5% on dividends and 
And please, Lord Jesus, if the market goes, when the market goes back up, the stocks will go back up as well. So your overall return could be wonderful. I wanted to have this question kind of kicked around because it opens up so very many questions. Um, this gentleman's 71, which means he's already collecting Social Security in some way, shape, or form. Because mm-hmm. uh, 70 is kind of the, the, the maximum that you're going to get. Right. And, and, of course, we don't know that. Did he maybe get bad intel and he hasn't yet applied for Social Security? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, there's just so much. Um, we're, again, the word blessed seems to be the word of the day for us. <clears throat> we have so many wonderful partners. There simply isn't an investment advisor alive who can claim to be an expert at Social Security. Oh, and annuities of all flavors. Oh, and structured notes of all flavors. Oh, and reverse mortgages, of course, of course. No, that they that human being doesn't exist. By the way, if that human being does exist, they're also broke because they've been they, they don't have any time for their clients. <laughs> if, if you're if you're going to be an expert in all of those things, uh, please. We are blessed that we have so many trusted partners. They're wonderful. Oh, truly, truly, and not just incredibly smart. Responsive, kind, concerned for our clients, friendly, easy. They explain things easily. You know, easy way to understand. It's there's so many positive things I can say. Just amazing. Yeah. And our clients are blessed that those folks are in their lives. We're blessed as well. That's right. We just have a couple minutes left in this edition of More Than Money, which means uh, since she got about an hour and a half of sleep last night, Alyssa will likely be dozing in the parking lot before she yeah. leaves here today. Or Sounds she said she was good. Said she was hungry. She might be dozing in the drive-through line at McDonald's for breakfast. I, there's a banana in my car waiting for me. Ah, uh, there you go. So, <laughs> eating clean. If there's anything that we can assist you with, and I know that early on we talked to Joe who has lost her husband and has some concerns, Joe, if we can help you or anyone else that you have concerns about. Initial meetings are always free. Second opinion meetings, you can meet with all of our partners absolutely free. All you have to do is ask. uh, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. Go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. And you can go old school. You can call 24-7-610-746-7007. Folks, thanks so much for spending part of your Saturday with us. We'll see you next week right here on More Than Money.